everybody. Welcome to The Kelly O Show. I'm your host, Kelly Alexa. This show is dedicated to inspiring women of all ages to pursue excellence in mind, body, and business. After decades of playing small in my own life and staying in the comfort zone, a couple of years of massive chaos and drama in my personal and my professional life forever changed me for the better. Through some tough lessons, I evolved and I became a stronger and more confident version of myself, fearless and finally, unapologetically myself. I am now designing my life bigger and better than ever before. And most importantly, I'm designing a life on my terms that is full of joy and happiness. And I think that this is something that's been missing for so many women. They're either staying in the comfort zone like I was Or they've got a life that looks pretty good on the outside, but it's missing real joy and health and happiness. And that is no bueno. I believe that the future is female. And every week, this show is going to bring you incredible interviews and live shows that I hope is going to motivate you to take massive action in your life, to leave the comfort zone and go all in again to pursue achieving excellence in mind, body, and in business. I hope you enjoy the show and let's dive in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Kelly O Show. I am Kelly O and today's going to be a solo show. I'm talking to you today about snacking and why you need to stop. I'm leaving that dramatic pause in there on purpose. Now some of you might be listening to this podcast and you've already seen me mention this a little bit the past week on Instagram. But I just had this really big breakthrough moment about snacking and weight loss. And I just honestly had to share it with you because as I've started to experiment and test my theory out the past, I'm going to say, I don't know, five, six days maybe, I see a difference already. And this combined with the whole breakthrough I had about caloric deficit, thank you, Jordan Syatt. Um, back in December and and starting to test that out in December and seeing it work so magnificently, so quickly um, for weight loss when I have struggled for so long and I've I've thought that I was broken. I've thought that it was hypothyroid or being age 40 plus, age 50 plus, I'm 50 for the, for the record. I've just thought I was stuck with not being able to lose weight for so many reasons that were just not accurate. And now that I'm having some of these kind of back to very basics breakthroughs, it's it's almost mind-blowing how profoundly simple it is, but it's really something that has to be shared because I know that this is not the sexy stuff. This is not what's new and trendy. Um, but honestly, for those of you that are listening, we pull this audience quite often. And the vast majority of people who participate in these polls are telling me, us, that you are either stuck at a plateau. I mean, pretty much all of you are saying you you want to lose more weight. You want to lose 10, 15, 20. Um, I would say anywhere. The most common response is 20 pounds or less. Like I would say between 10 and 20 pounds. There's a lot of people in that area. I'm one of them. Um, and then there's a whole group of people that are like, you know, 20 to 50 pounds, um, where, you know, we're not talking about obesity or anything like that, but you know, a good amount of weight that they need to lose. So there's a lot of people out there 
who are probably already on a fitness journey, already eating healthy, shopping at Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, buying all the right things, getting some workouts and activity in and feeling like, what gives? Like, I don't understand. And I know a lot of you, we get, I get notes from you on Instagram, on Facebook. I, I get people emailing me and, and read, you know, watching some of my videos on YouTube from several years ago, people are searching for answers. And I certainly have been one of them. I'm actually publishing a blog post today, bringing everybody up to speed on the past several years of ups and downs for me, what I've learned, you know, as I look back retrospectively, what I can see I did right, what I can see I did wrong, and how I'm taking everything I've learned for those past three years, taking the times that I was doing really well, pulling out of that what what was what I was doing right, and applying it to some of these breakthroughs, and now planning to really without any doubt, kick some serious ass. And I really have no doubt I will be in the best shape of my life this year. I have no doubt for the first time in years and years that I will reach my goal weight. How many of you can say that? And I don't say that to be snotty and condescending. Like how many of you can say that? I can say it. I'm I'm excited to share this podcast with you because I truly think if you combine what you hear from me here, test it out for yourself, This isn't, I'm not even selling a program. I'm just giving you some free, awesome advice that I think can change your life today. You can start implementing it today. Combine it with uh, what I've shared on my blog uh, about what I'm doing with caloric deficit. Um, I've kind of, I've kind of taken my own experiences, combined my new breakthroughs, right? Which my two breakthroughs are caloric deficit first, and now this snacking thing. Um, and combining the two of those with a program, if you will, that is just so, so easy for me to be doing, I don't want to say for life because, you know, I would say lastly, or as a number three, the biggest thing I've learned recently, and, and this goes back to what Jordan Syatt talks about is we're not supposed to be dieting forever. We're not supposed to be in this perpetual state of trying to lose weight. If we do it right, we should be going in a, in a caloric deficit, dieting, and let's get comfortable saying that word again. It's not a dirty word. We need to be dieting and being real serious about it, a lot more serious than we've been. We need to be dieting for a certain amount of time, doing it really well, getting to our goal, and then moving into maintenance mode. And I do not mean that maintenance mode is carefree, hey, you can eat whatever you want. That's not the way this works. Um, it's still just as much work. You still will be needing to work out. You still will have times where maybe you start to see the scale creep up and then you tweak things and you get back. But we shouldn't be in a, a phase where we are dieting year round and feeling like, wow, I've been at this for years. If you've said that, and I certainly have, then you have been missing the boat. You've been focusing on the wrong things and you really haven't been dieting correctly. And that's hard to hear, I know, but you should be encouraged because once you do get rid of worrying about all the wrong stuff and you focus on the right simple things, you can craft a a diet phase for yourself that is livable. And what I mean is it's not like in the past, sometimes if you really 
you know, if you're like me and, and in the past many years, you're a, a reader of magazines, Shape Magazine, Fitness Magazine, Oxygen Magazine, Muscle and Fitness, you know, I tended to follow more people in the um, figure competition space. Um, so I would be reading more like Muscle and Fitness, Oxygen Magazine. And, and if you would see a diet or a diet plan, or you would follow somebody on Instagram, or you'd be following their blog, and they would give you a diet program, it would typically be, and there's nothing wrong with this, you know, a 90 day program or a 12 week program. And it would be like, you're committing to 12 weeks and you're not going to drink. You're not going to have sugar. You're not going to have cheat days. You know, it was like going on sabbatical, only not. It doesn't have to be that way. Um, It does require focus. It does require tracking. It does require commitment, but you can get to the point where I have, and I'm happy to help you, by the way, I'll wrap that up at the end of the show. Um, I'm happy to help you do what I did, which is figure out a caloric deficit program for you. Figure out a way that you can have one or two cheat days in there. So you can have your wine, you can have your date night, you can have your movie night. Um, You know, I have boneless buffalo wings usually like once a week, something like that during football season. You know, now it's, it's slightly different. My cheats are slightly different, but to be able to have sweets, treats, carbs, be able to eat what you want and still be dieting and losing weight. Who doesn't want that? And also to be able to see a light at the end of the tunnel to go, hey, you know what? This summer, I'm not going to be in diet mode. This summer, I'm going to be um, either damn close to my goal or at my goal. That's the dream. But it's not a dream. So let's get into the juicy, snacky discussion here. Here's what, and I think for me, I can actually remember when I, well, it was, yeah, I think it was one day. There were two things that happened in one day. And I swear to God, people, this was like six, seven days ago that this happened um, and that I started applying this. And that's how quickly I've been able to see, okay, this is making a difference. This combined with what I'm doing with my caloric deficit program is really making a difference. And for me, it's a really key difference. This is optional. What I will tell you is what I'm about to tell you about snacking. Number one, this is my opinion. Number two, no doubt there are other people. In fact, I just had dinner with a a gal earlier this week and she's like, I try to eat every three hours. If that's your thing and, and that's what works for you, have at it. By no means am I saying that my approach works for everybody. I do think it will work for a vast majority of you. But I do want to say again, this isn't something I went out and did an extraordinary amount of research. This is a gut feeling, a gut observation, um, and me analyzing a lot of women and seeing that we all have this issue. So if this resonates with you, apply it and test it out. If it doesn't resonate with you and it sounds like a huge struggle, or maybe if you try it and you hate your life, then don't. The bottom line is you've got to find something that's going to work for you and make you happy. If you if you guys are following me on, on Instagram, on social media, whatever, You've been seeing like, I'm loving my life right now. I am, I have been back from chronic pain for, um, this is now my fifth week. I am able to work out again. I have gotten four weeks in of five workouts a week. That's a big deal for me because the past seven months before that, I was lucky if I'd get two workouts in a week due to the headaches and migraines. Um, I've been able to work again. So I am dieting. I'm back to my training and I'm seeing my body start to respond. It's a beautiful thing. So I'm a happy girl. You don't see see me going, oh my God, I'm on this horrible diet of chicken and broccoli and plain rice. No. Okay. So this is what has worked for me. Um, I think it's very livable and it's made a huge impact. So 
the day that struck me, the day that I had a breakthrough, it was both because I was observing myself and my snack habits and I was combining it with, I was actually giving a woman who's on my team. Um, I'm part of one of the, one of the business focuses that I have in my life. I have two or three different businesses going on. Well, one of them is I've joined forces with, uh, Isogenics, which is a network marketing business. And that's one of my business ventures. So I am a consultant for that company and I have a team that I'm building. Um, if sidebar, if you're ever interested in learning more about that private message me, it is a, outstanding organization with insanely wonderful products. And it is a fantastic way to earn side hustle money, which can potentially become full-time income if you're serious about it. It is not um, a lottery ticket. It is not something that you don't do anything. You just make money. It is work, but it's fantastic. If you're will, if this is an appropriate fit for you, which let's be real, most of you listening to this podcast, you're into fitness, health and wellness. Um, you're into be, you know, reading labels and, and having quality food without artificial crap in it. It's probably a fit for most of you. So of course, again, as a sidebar, if you're interested in joining my team or just in learning more about what it's all about, private message me. I can um, give you a couple of webinars to look at. I'm happy to do a call with you, whatever. So anyway, I was talking with a girl on my team and she's in the middle of her weight loss journey and, you know, I'm her accountability partner. And she was sharing with me this day at work and she's like, you know, I'm really trying to stick to my caloric deficit and I'm trying to, you know, she's like, tell me what I can eat for a snack that's really low calorie that, you know, I can have a lot of because I've got this whole afternoon at work and, and I want something to eat. And I was going back and forth with her because I'm like, what in the world exists that she can have a lot of that's not a lot of calories that's actually going to be yummy? And I'm like, that doesn't exist, friend. And I was trying to, you know, walk her through this. And I, so I was really more talking to her first, like, why do you think you just have to eat something? Like, what's going on in your head? And she was able to confide in me that, She's like, the truth is, Kelly, I hate my job. You know, now right now she's working a full-time job and she's building her isogenics business with me on the side so that she can, you know, later this year, hopefully quit that job. That's that's our plan. Um, and she's like, I hate my job and I hate my, you know, what my day-to-day existence is. I hate cubicle life. I hate that I have to commute. So when I'm bored, you know, probably out of anger and stress, I eat. And I said, okay, so let's talk about this. You realize that you're eating not really because you're hungry, not really because you feel like you need it. We've all been, we've all had that, that time when we feel so hungry or, um, like first thing in the morning, you know, I do intermittent fasting most of the time, but sometimes in the morning I feel real queasy. Like it's, it's almost like, and I just know actually this morning was one of them. I'm like, I'm not going to fast this morning because I feel like I need something in my stomach that's different. That's like when your body's going, I need something. There's two kinds of hunger, you know, the kind of hunger where you're like, wow, I'd really like something. And then there's, I need something. I feel queasy. I feel dizzy. I feel lightheaded. Okay. She was not feeling queasy, dizzy, lightheaded, needing food. She just wanted food. And a lot of us women, this is a a big problem for us. We eat our feelings. We eat our emotions. Can I get an amen on that, right? How many of you are like, that's me. I hear it all the time. Um, so this is, this is a tendency, but 
regardless of why you want to snack, let's just take a step back because as I was having this coaching back and forth with her, we were using the Voxer app, it really started to become clear to me what, how much focus and mental energy, and I guess that focus is probably the best word, that we all put on snacking and we don't realize it. And I started to just think about, you know, big picture. Culturally, if you look at our society in America, we have, we're so different right now than the way we were. So again, folks, I'm 50 years old. I was born in 1969. When I was growing up in, you know, late seventies, early eighties, you know, as a teenager, as a, as a young adult, whatever, you didn't have the um, ubiquitousness of snack places. You didn't have Starbucks. You didn't have juice bars. You didn't have, um, you know, a place like there's actually a juice and tea bar where, where you can have the, whether you call it boba tea or bubble tea, I just discovered it. So I'm kind of obsessed with trying it, but by no means is it a low calorie thing. Think about all the places you can go. That's not even like a sit down restaurant for snacks, snack type stuff. I mean, Starbucks and coffee shops in and of themselves were not in existence when we were growing up. When we were growing up, you got up and you had breakfast, you went to school, you had lunch, you didn't have a snack, you you didn't pack stuff in a pack and you know have a protein bar. You got out of school, you came home. Sometimes my mom would give me a cookie and a glass of milk, like that was a snack, but you had one cookie and it was never like a driving force for me to come home and have my snack. Yeah, I liked the cookie, but I was more excited to go out and play. And so I would go out and play. Um, when I was older, I would go meet my friends and we'd play Barbies. When I was older, it was like, let's go meet and talk about boys, right? Um, but then you would eat dinner and then you would go to bed. You didn't have all of this stuff in between. I think about this generation of kids now and how they are raised to be drinking these high calorie frozen um, drinks, whether it's from a tea and juice place. I mean, think about it. Jamba juices. This is not to cut on any brands. I'm just using examples. There's juice bars. There are, there's acai bowl places. There's juice bar and acai bowl places. There are coffee shops. There are, and then on top of that, just think of your average gas station. You go into your average gas station, big gulp drinks, which let's be real. I love big gulp, a big gulp diet soda. I'm obsessed with diet soda. I would be lying to any of you if I told you I'm still not obsessed with it. I am. Don't judge me. Well, judge me if you want. I don't care. You go into your average gas station. Every candy bar is a king-size candy bar. Every freaking protein bar is not just even a small 200-calorie protein bar. It's a jumbo protein bar. I used to go to the gas station to get Lenny and Larry's protein cookies. I was obsessed with them, and I would buy them in secret. That's a whole other binge episode we'll talk about later. Um, two cookies, 750 calories. Is that a snack portion? No, 750 calories is almost half of what I should be eating in a day. But I will tell you right now, um, and forgive me, it might be that one package is 375 calories, but I would have two. I could easily have two of those cookies and not be full. So I'm going to bring that, that point in next. We're talking about what, what you eat for snacks and how they're not filling and what problem that creates. But let's first, again, culturally realize that you are surrounded by snack temptation and it is a cultural thing. 
it is expected to have snacks. Your average muffin at a at a snack place like a Starbucks or a Caribou Coffee, if those even exist anymore, is um, I was thinking about no, it wasn't Aubon Pan, it was um, La Madeline. One of the last business trips I was on, there was a La Madeline right next door. And they had these beautiful brand muffins. I fantasize about brand muffins. I'm not going to lie. I think they're one of the most beautiful things ever. 500 calories. It was more. One brand muffin was 550 calories. My entire egg white omelet with some potatoes and fruit on the side was 375 calories. Think about that. Okay. We are a snack society. We've made snacking like it's it should be an Olympic sport. It is everywhere you go. Let's go back to the gas station. There's hot dogs, Krispy Kreme donuts, muffins. I'm getting really food aroused right now. Um, Popcorn, candy, chips, soda, beer. It's like a sit-down restaurant. In fact, some of them actually have sit-down restaurants. If you're in Texas and you've ever been to a Bucky's gas station, guys, go look it up if you haven't. You know, they say everything is bigger in Texas. Let me just tell you about gas stations in Texas. They're bigger than Walmart. So we are a society and a culture that has made snacking so easy to do. And then on top of that, we've just, I think, really because of culture and because it's a thing to go get a cup of coffee, to have a coffee break, right? It's a thing, a coffee break. Let's take a coffee break in the morning. And and we don't think. So Before I get in a little bit deeper to this, number one, just know, like, I'm not saying it's bad to have a snack. I'm not saying Starbucks or going to any of these places are bad. I'm not saying you should avoid any of these types of food I mentioned. That's not it. It's it's understanding why we are drawn so much to snacking and and what it's doing to our ability, our, our, our focus on losing weight. Okay. So if we're so used to snacking, And if you are, maybe you're somebody who's listening to this podcast, you haven't listened to my last podcast where I talked about caloric deficit or where I interviewed Jordan Syatt on caloric deficit. Maybe you haven't, you haven't done that yet. So you right now are somebody who's listening to this and you're working out, you're eating healthy, but you're tracking everything, quote unquote, in your head. Like I'm going to be doing a whole other show on that how winging it and tracking stuff in your head is a recipe for disaster. Take it from me because you are so much far more off on how much you think you're eating than you realize you owe it to yourself to start tracking. And I, I strongly encourage you go old school and use a notebook. Don't use an app. We'll talk about that in in the other episode that I'll make live next week. But with snacking, trust me when I say, If you think that you are working out and you're eating healthy and you're not aware of how much you're snacking, you probably think like maybe you get up and you are, maybe you're doing intermittent fasting, right? So maybe you get up, you leave your house, you have a diet soda, you have a water, you don't have anything, but you take a mid-morning snack break and you go grab a coffee. Um, You're, if you go to a coffee shop bar and you're not somebody who knows, like maybe you're not tuning into the macro barista on Instagram and following his advice on how to order at Starbucks and get a 112 calorie drink. If you just order a coffee or you get a coffee somewhere, you put a bunch of cream and sugar in it, you could easily have a two or 300 calorie coffee. Now you might hear this and go, what's the big deal, Alexa? Like, come on. These are the types of things that if you're not tracking them and you add an extra two or 300 calories, 
I'm actually going to get out my calculator to make some points for you. Let's just say you did nothing else but add a coffee to your day. And your average coffee at Starbucks that if you're not watching it, I'm going to say 300 calories. Let's say you had an extra 300 calories five days a week during the work week only. That's 1,500 calories, right? Times four, that's 6,000 calories extra every month. That's almost, so you know that 3,500 calories is a pound. So that's basically like a pound and a half almost, 6,000, just to be very specific, divided by 3,500 is 1.71. So like one and three quarters of a pound. If you did that throughout the year and then you do times 12, you would gain 20, 21 pounds in a year. And that doesn't just, it's not like you get a reset in January. It's not like it resets and you just lose that 20 pounds and start over. No, then you're starting from a, a, a point of 20 pounds heavier. So this is where you start to realize the power of numbers and calories and how calories count. And back to my last episode, when I talked about this, all of these fitness myths and bullshit messages that are out there that have a lot of people thinking I was one of them, just eat paleo, just eat clean foods, just read your labels and you don't have to count calories. That's bullshit because a lot of us are eating a lot of, you know, grass fed beef, pasture raised chickens and, and, um, you know, no antibiotics added this, that, and the other we're getting our, we're buying foods at, at whole foods. We're ordering, we're going to Panera for lunch. We're getting our dressing on the side, whatever. If you're not tracking how much you're eating, you can so overeat and all the calories add up. I will be doing a lot of shows on this with a lot of examples to drive this point home. And don't be depressed when I, when I share this with this stuff with you guys, please understand At first, it could sound depressing, like, oh, man, now I'm going to not be able to snack. Trust me when I tell you that if you really, and I'll wrap this up shortly, if you really take everything I'm saying to heart, you can apply it. And the more that you apply, like, for example, sticking with your caloric deficit, sticking with your plan. For me, I add in a couple of cleanse days, one to two cleanse days a week. That's like a 24-hour fast. I'll explain that in another episode because it's not like I totally don't eat. I have, you know, collagen bone broth in there and some things that kind of support my my fast. But it's a tremendous way to to decrease those calories because Friday comes along. Friday, I have 2,500 calories allotted for Friday. And if I don't use them all up on Friday, I bleed them over into Saturday. So I can, you know, maybe if I only ended up having 2,000 calories on Friday, Friday, I'll put that extra 500 calories on Saturday and I'll get myself some boneless wings when we're watching the game, whatever. This is about making life more livable, not making it more unlivable. Okay. So number one, we talked about culturally how we are surrounded by temptation. Once you understand that, that's point number one, realize how it's, you know, kind of sucky, but the, the culture around you is, is made to make you fat. Let's be real, okay? If you give in to all of the impulses around you, you will be fat. You will be the typical American person who is in that obesity demographic, right? Those obesity statistics, which are depressing. Number two, here's what's most key. Most snack food, and for most of us who are in a fitness journey, starting to lose my voice, we're going to look for quote-unquote healthy snacks, right? So think about this. The day that I was having this conversation with the girl on my team, I was having some of these new snacks that actually came out from Isogenics and they're freaking delicious. They're these um, peanut butter bites 
And each one is 100 calories, very similar to a, a recipe that I make from my friend Lauren Fisher, these peanut butter balls. And I've done the macros on them. They're, each one is about 110 calories. And this one, it tastes like peanut butter cookie dough. And it's so good, but it's all natural ingredients. It's all good. And I was having one of these. And as I noshed on one and I demolished it in like two seconds, I wanted another. So I convinced myself, well, it's only 100 calories. So I'm going to have another one. Had another one. And then later I snuck another one in and I'm like writing down my calories for the day. And I'm like, here's my lunch. It was 350 calories. Here's 300 calories in snacks. And it was, I was getting ready for dinner and I'm like, I don't even like having the snacks, you guys, it didn't do anything for me. It satisfied my taste buds, right? So when I had my snack, I'm like, mm, this tastes good, right? So momentarily for a flash in the pan, it tastes good. But what it did is because you're snacking on an empty stomach, you're, especially if you go for the Lenny and Larry's cookie, right? The, the protein cookie, or you go for the protein bar, you know, instead of having snacking can be a lot different if you have a, a piece of fruit, right? That's going to be, it's got fiber. It's going to have some more weight and volume to it. Um, but again, it's sweet, it's sugary. Two things happen typically when we are healthy fitness people, we go for something healthy. And so it's not going to be filling. We're going to eat something because we want a snack and we're thinking, I don't want to wait till dinner. So we eat a snack and then we want more. So we're, it's, it, to me, it's like turning a light bulb on with your taste buds. Your light bulb has been turned off and you go to snack and all of a sudden your taste buds are like, yes, yes, yes. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. That's what happens. I don't know about you. And there certainly are a lot of uh, data points to support that this is true, especially if you're having sugary snacks, right? So if you have anything that's like packaged food, um, and this can be true even of protein bars, right? Or Lenny and Larry's cookies, right? I had one that was never enough. I would get two. I would have 750 calories of a snack. And then I would have to justify like, oh crap, I had lunch. My lunch was 400 calories. My snack was 750 calories. So now I'm at 1200 calories and I only have 300 calories left for dinner, three or 400 calories. Right. And then I, my friend asked me, do you want to go for sushi? I'm like, how the hell am I going to have a three or 400 calorie sushi dinner? It's not going to happen. These are the types of things where you set yourself up for over overdoing it with your caloric load because you're snacking. And it's not just because you're snacking, but I believe snacking, if you remove it from your arsenal and say, instead of having two or 300 calories in between my meals, I'm going to put that back on my meals. So let's use, let's just say 1500 calories as an example, say that's what you're supposed to have in a day. Okay. This is just an example. If you were snacking, you would maybe do 300 calories for breakfast, 400 calories for lunch. So that's 700 calories, right? That means that you have, um, 800 calories left. And if you had 500 calories for dinner, that means you have 300 calories left. If you wanted to have two snacks, your snacks are going to be 150 calories. What 150 calorie snack is going to satisfy you? Sugar-free Jello, not going to satisfy you. Um, light air microwave popcorn, not going to satisfy you. And you'll eat a lot more than 150 calories. So it is very, very difficult to hit 1500 calories or 1600 calories for some of you you're supposed to be maybe at 1300 calories if you're dieting and to have three meals and two snacks now you could get creative and say well I'm going to be doing intermittent fasting so I'm going to you know fast until lunch and then I'm only looking at two meals and a snack 
again, why not do the why not do the difference if you had 1500 calories either have two meals at 750 calories each that's a wonderful meal two wonderful two meals i can make a kick ass salad a kick ass salad let me tell you a big huge bowl with grilled chicken hummus lettuce grilled vegetables all tossed up that will literally fill me up for 6 hours or so 4 to, i would say 4 to 6 hours at 500 to 600 calories okay you eat the right foods and, and with volume and that are you know with fiber it's going to fill you up i'd rather have two meals at 750 calories or three meals at 500 calories then to have 300 and 300 and 500 and then two 150 calorie snacks. I think what snacking does, it's a tease. It is a tease. It's something that gets you all excited and isn't going to put out. It is something that awakens your senses and makes you want more. And then it bitch slaps you because it's like, ha, sorry, you can't have any more. Let me say this to you as we start to wrap this up. Think about how you snack. Think about what you snack on. When you snack, if you are eating something in the middle of the afternoon, say it's at two o'clock, in order to really be full, in my opinion, you have to go get something like a really solid cappuccino and a muffin, right? Like you got to have something solid if you're going to feel, wow, that was good. I'm full. I can go work the rest of the day. If you do that, it's not going to be a 200 calorie snack. Let's be real. Okay. So if you go for a snack and you have a quote unquote healthy snack and you go for a protein bar, a protein cookie, not to say any of these things are bad. Okay. It's trust me. I will have a Lenny and Larry's macadamia nut cookie again. I absolutely will. I'm obsessed with them, but I don't have them as much anymore because I know they don't fill me up. So If you have something light and healthy, it's not going to fill you up. And what it does is it teases you, right? It's like, it's like an, an apparition. It's in front of you and you're like, this is a steak, but no, it's not. It's just a vision. Don't tease yourself. Don't do that to yourself. Let yourself have three or two amazing meals where you can actually eat something and be fulfilled. Because alternatively, if you have a snack and you keep going with, no, I need to eat in between because you're fooling yourself like you're going to die or something if you don't eat in between your meals. Newsflash, history of histories of histories of people before you have not eaten in between meals and they've been just fine. And guess what? They didn't have the obesity epidemic we did or that we do in this country 25, 50, 75 years ago. And they also walked a lot more and they didn't stay inside under artificial light and they got sleep and they weren't as stressed. There's all of those factors that go into it. So you either are going to eat healthy snacks that are low calories and you won't be satisfied and you're teasing yourself. Don't do that to yourself. Or you're going to have your filling snack. And in that case, you've blown your rod. You are actually setting yourself up for screw it. I just had 800 calorie snack. And then I had a 500 calorie lunch. I'm already at my, you know, close to my window. Who wants to go home and say, well, I've got 200 calories left for dinner. That's stupid. Test this out. Test out cutting out snacking. I I created the dorky hashtag and I don't care how dorky it is. No snack, no pack. Because my view is you don't snack, you're not going to pack on the pounds. And if you just train yourself to kind of get back to doing it the old fashioned way and having three meals, You know, if you want to do intermittent fasting and just do two meals, whatever works for you, I don't care. 
But for me, my caloric load during the day in a caloric deficit is 1600 calories. Even if I do three meals, that means I can have three meals at an average of 500 calories each. That's a satisfying meal. I would rather do that than to have, you know, 300, 300, two 200 calorie snacks that just make me want more and make me think about food more. Test out not having snacks. Test it out. Go one day. I'm not saying that the first day you do it, you won't be like, oh, I would really love a cookie. Oh, but just start to think like, is this, I mean, is it, who am I? Like, I, I'm okay. Yeah, I might have a little twinge in my stomach. You know, get yourself some kind of like unsweetened iced tea or probably I'd be lying to you if I told you I'm not immediately thinking of a Coke Zero. That's bad. I'm being a bad influence on you there. Sorry. Get a hot tea, you know, have something else, but cut out snacking and see what it does for you. Because I truly think it's beneficial for all of us to get back to understanding what a real meal should be. There is so much evidence now and so many reputable trainers who will say that the whole idea that you have to eat every three hours is bullshit. It is not necessary for fat loss. It is not necessary at all. If you want to do it and it works for you, have at it. Most people like a bigger meal. I like a meal. I don't want to have to go and go, oh, I've got 200 calories for this meal so I can have a piece of chicken breast and one one one-hundredth of a sweet potato. Come on. Let's get back to making our life livable again. So I can't wait for you guys to hear this, and I want you to test it out. I want you to look at all of the things that are working against you, the way our culture has all of these snack places set up and start to look at yourself as a warrior who can fight it. Like you can fight this. You cannot snack and you can win and you can start seeing yourself lean out every day because people, I haven't even been doing this a week and I can see it working already. The bottom line is anything that we can do that helps us to be satisfied with the food we're eating, stay in a caloric deficit, get our ac- our exercise in, that's key. I guarantee you this will help you. And I want to hear your comments. I want to hear what you thought of this episode. I want to hear if this was like mind-blowing to you. Screenshot this episode, tag me in it so I can comment back to you. I want to hear what what's your experience when you cut out snacking. I dare you. I dare you to show me that it didn't work. Do the cutting out snacking with counting your calories. And let's see how it works because I think you're going to be writing me back going, oh my God, Kelly, you're amazing. Let me buy you some Oreos. Just don't buy me some Oreos. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. This has been a huge, huge breakthrough for me. I've had a lot of people, you know, and do that. Use the hashtag, no snack, no pack. Remind yourself, I'm not snacking. I'm not packing on the pounds. Um, So use that, tag us. Can't wait to hear from you. If this show resonated with you and you know it'll help other people, I would love it if you would share this this episode and certainly this show with other friends and family. And if you haven't left us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts, I would so appreciate it. It helps the show get seen and heard by more people that uh, really need the information. So thank you so much for listening, you guys. I will see you next time on The Kelly O Show.